At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. What is heart failure? There's no simple answer when it comes to this complex condition. Listen in as we explore causes, symptoms, and treatments on this episode of Baptist Health Talk. Good day, and welcome to Baptist Health Talk podcast, where we work to bring you information about your health that you can use. I'm Dr. Jonathan Fialco, a practicing cardiologist specializing in lipid disorders and prevention, as well as Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. With the continued pandemic, the majority of our attention and resources have been applied to COVID-19-related matters. Unfortunately, other medical conditions do not take a pause while the coronavirus rages. Congestive heart failure, or heart failure in the vernacular, remains one of the most common reasons for hospital admissions in the United States for people over 40 years old. One reason may be people are living longer with heart disease, which over time can damage or weaken the heart muscle and lead to heart failure. To help us understand more of what heart failure is, what are the symptoms and signs of this condition, and what we can do to prevent it or decrease its consequences, as well as a conversation regarding what we're seeing in cardiology related to COVID-19, is one of our leading cardiology experts at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, Dr. Sandra Chaparro. Dr. Chaparro is the Medical Director of Advanced Heart Failure and MCBI and BHSF. Welcome to the podcast, Sandra. Thank you so much, Jonathan. So, Sandra, I mean, there's a lot, obviously, to unpack in heart failure, um, and we don't want to um, um, get too far into the weeds, but for the, for the lay person, what is heart failure? It's a broad term, so, so articulate when we choose the term heart failure as practitioners, what are, what are we thinking about and what are we looking at? Heart failure is a chronic condition in which the heart doesn't pump enough blood as, and therefore um, it doesn't uh, send the requirements and nutritional requirements to the rest of the body. So that's the basic concept of heart failure. So if someone has heart failure, and as you said, the heart's not able to pump enough blood to bring the body its nutrition, its nutrients and oxygen, what are the symptoms? What are the signs? What do people, what do we look for as practitioners to say you may have heart failure or what can people look for to determine if they may be um, showing signs of heart failure? So the symptoms and the signs pretty much depend of which chamber of the heart is being affected. So there's a big range of symptoms and signs, and some of them are very specific. So some of them are, for example, shortness of breath. So it's like when you exert yourself and then you don't feel like you're getting enough oxygen. Another one that is very common is fatigue. You don't have enough energy to do the regular activities. You feel weak. Um, another one is, for example, when you accumulate fluid, so you have what is called swelling or edema in your legs. Sometimes you can feel a rapid uh, heartbeat or an irregular heartbeat, palpitations. Um, sometimes it could be just cough. Um, sometimes it could be uh, that you feel that your abdomen is getting bigger, uh, that you feel that you are gaining weight without a, a specific um, cause. On the other hand, it could be that you are not eating well, you're losing weight because you have no appetite. Sometimes you have nausea, vomiting. Sometimes it's just lack of concentration. You don't have enough energy to be alert and you sleep a lot during the day. Uh, or sometimes it could be the chest pain. So it could be a combination of all these things. 
So the things you mentioned, all of which are, are, are relatively common in people with heart failure, fatigue, shortness of breath when you exert yourself, um, swelling in the ankles. It's important to note more common, there are very common things that produce those symptoms that are not heart failure. So how can one differentiate that uh, maybe I'm gaining weight because I'm eating poorly? Maybe I'm a little short of breath when I ran up the stairs, but I haven't exercised. We want to alert people to the signs and symptoms of heart failure, but we don't want to scare them into thinking every symptom is heart failure. So, so what should someone do if they think they have it? Or what are the general ways we would want people to differentiate um, what may be heart failure um, or something explained otherwise? So that's why it's so important to uh, have uh, recognition of some of the symptoms, but you have to have close communication with your provider. Your provider can tailor those symptoms and can address them with very simple uh, tests. For example, uh, with your physical exam, your history and your physical exam, that will give us an idea of what's the problem. And then you can move to an electrocardiogram uh, and then an echocardiogram, which is the ultrasound of the heart. So those are the basic steps that any provider can take to figure out if what you have is heart failure. So well said, it's not something an individual at home should diagnose themselves as having or not having. They should speak to their uh, medical provider and have the discussion and feel reassured, in fact, because it very well may not be heart failure. Um, on the other hand, if it is heart failure, the benefit of getting um, um, evaluated and treated early um, uh, is recognized as well. So to that end, um, what are the causes of heart failure? What, what are the more common reasons we see people developing heart failure? There are multiple causes, um, but it's important to emphasize that the most common cause of heart failure is coronary uh, artery disease. What we mean is um, what we commonly say as a heart attack. Um, so it's the build of this, those plaques, the fatty deposit in the arteries that reduce the blood flow to the heart muscle. So that's the most common one. There are some other ones, for example, high blood pressure, hypertension. Um, so over time, that makes the heart weaker. Um, other areas uh, of the heart that can affect uh, the rest of the muscle could be uh, when you have faulty heart valves, when the valves of the heart are not closing well, and the blood actually goes backward in, in different direction that it's supposed to, and that makes the heart sometimes weak. Sometimes it could be related to just the muscle. Um, so there are a lot of, for example, infections or toxins like alcohol, um, drugs, uh, cocaine, sometimes chemotherapy that can affect the heart muscle. Uh, sometimes it could be genetic factors and sometimes it could be an arrhythmia. And so there are multiple uh, reasons, but the most common one is the coronary artery disease. So as that's the most common and it remains prevalent in our society, in our country, it speaks to the prevention aspects, which remain control your blood pressure, stay at a healthy weight, don't smoke, follow your lipids, all the same recommendations, which would decrease heart attacks, which can lead to heart failure, strokes and other chronic conditions remain valuable to prevent heart failure as well. One, so now we have a patient who might have some of these symptoms, um, um, mild or more significant. The doctor recognizes this might be heart failure, either refers them to a cardiologist or does some testing and finds it's heart failure, heart unable to provide the nutrition and oxygen um, sufficiently. So what are the general treatments for heart failure? 
So pretty much um, once someone have a weak heart, we need to investigate and find out what's the reason for that heart to be weak. So as I said, the most common cause is the coronary artery disease. So the first step is to make sure there are not blockages that you can fix with a stent. At the same time, the patient will be on medical therapy, meaning uh, a lot of medicines that will help with the heart getting stronger. And at the same time, we have to do a lot of life uh, uh, changes. Uh, for example, as you said, uh, if you're smoking, you need to stop smoking. Uh, if you don't exercise, you probably need to be enrolled in a cardiac rehab program. Uh, nutrition is part of that as well. So it's, it's a team of uh, experts and uh, advanced providers and pharmacists that will help that specific patient get back into a normal, healthy heart condition. So we try to treat the underlying causes of heart failure. And then when there's the heart failure status, we want to uh, decrease the symptoms and the effects of that status as well to improve quality of life um, and, and keep people out of hospitals, um, um, which, is, which is complicated and speaks to what you said. It's a team of people, obviously experts like, like you, nurse practitioners, dietitians, exercise physiologists. You mentioned exercise, very important for patients with heart failure. They can decrease their symptoms and help themselves with an exercise regimen. Pharmacists to make sure that the medications are being used appropriately. But I think the take-home point is get treated. Don't, don't, don't think it's going to go away. Don't take care of it yourself. There are lots of things we can, we can take care, we can help people with. Um, two quick questions um, regarding um, this uh, further before we move on to some uh, COVID issues. The first is, can you speak about heart failure, um, um, ejection fraction preserved heart failure or diastolic heart failure? We know that heart failure occurs when the heart muscle weakens, but isn't it true there are situations where the, the, the strength of the heart muscle is not necessarily the cause? So that's a very interesting question. Um, when the heart muscle is contracting well, but it's not relaxing well, we still can have some of the symptoms of congestion and so that shortness of breath, the fluid accumulation. Unfortunately, a lot of the therapies and technologies and advances that we have are for patients that have a reduced ejection fraction, meaning the patients that have problems with the contractility. For the patients who have the preserved ejection fraction or the patients who have the relaxation problem, we have limited options. So what we mainly use is risk factor modification, management of blood pressure, management of arrhythmias, uh, weight control, uh, exercise, diuretics, uh, medicines that make you pee so you can reduce the amount of fluid in your lungs. And for example, a medicine called aldactone uh, that uh, helps with what we call remodeling of, of the heart. So very limited uh, in terms of um, options uh, for this group of patients. And unfortunately, that's almost half of the patients in the United States. So what are the, um, um, are there differences in heart failure risk or the cause of heart failure by um, age, race, gender, um, meaning um, everyone should be treated as an individual, of course, but we, do, do we see trends in populations um, that might place one at higher risk for heart failure than someone who doesn't have the same um, um, a demographic? Yes. So patients who are older, um, they tend to develop more heart failure over time. Uh, and patients, for example, with hypertension, and so obviously 
the patients that don't have access to healthcare, to management of these preventable causes are the ones that in the long term are going to have the consequences uh, of heart failure. So, for example, uh, African-American patients, um, Hispanic patients, Latino patients that don't have access uh, to a lot of services will eventually, like, for example, diabetes management, uh, obesity, um, um, tobacco cessation, all these things eventually will lead uh, to heart failure. So those demographics are a higher risk. Right. Makes sense. It's unfortunate. Um, switch gears a little bit. So what is an advanced heart failure expert? Um, you were highly accomplished and highly recruited to, to join Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute. Explain a little bit what the advanced component is. So what we do is we complement what is already in place. So a regular cardiologist uh, will do the screening part and they usually would put you on some of the heart failure medicines. And when that patient is not improving and is still having symptoms, that's when we actually go in as a heart failure specialist. So we have different tools uh, and, and also uh, a different uh, type of knowledge that will allow us to push the medicines, titrate the medicines to the max, and add some of the technology uh, that is available. Uh, there's a point where a lot of the medicines would not work, and that's when we have to move to what we call advanced heart failure therapies. So we would use intravenous medicines, and sometimes we have to use mechanical um, pump devices. Sometimes those devices are temporary devices. Sometimes those are long-term devices. Sometimes these patients will live the rest of their life with these devices to improve their quality of life and their survival. And, and a small number of patients will require transplantation. So uh, we add to the uh, amount of things that we can offer to the patient. That's what the heart failure expert does. So that, that's well said. Not everyone with heart failure needs advanced heart failure modalities, but if the general cardiologist um, it, it can't improve the symptoms further, there are ways to escalate that patient's care and provide support and benefit um, through your efforts and the efforts of um, our team. So uh, thank you, um, thank you for that answer. A um, couple of quick questions about COVID, which is certainly timely. Um, you've given um, excellent presentations across our system regarding the cardiovascular consequences of, of COVID. Um, but for the lay public, what, what have we seen? What are we seeing? And um, if someone survives COVID with a cardiac condition, uh, are there things they should be concerned with or are there um, resources available for, for those people as well? So um, it's important to understand what COVID does to the heart and that there are different mechanisms uh, from what we understand. Uh, obviously, we're learning and there's a lot of information uh, that is changing almost daily. But the basic concept is that the virus can affect directly the heart because it has some receptors that uh, allows the virus to enter directly into the cell of the heart. Sometimes it could be because of the lack of oxygen uh, when the virus is affecting the lung. Obviously, there's not enough oxygen to the heart and then therefore the heart can be affected. And the third mechanism is uh, when we have the immune system that is hyperactive and, and instead of just defending our body from the virus, it's also attacking our own cells. So those are like the three components or three ways in which the virus attacks the heart. And it's important to recognize that patients who have prior heart conditions are the ones who are at high risk 
for more complications with COVID-19. And so these patients sometimes are the ones that will end up in the ICU uh, with different organs failing. Therefore, we're gonna have consequences in the long term um, in terms of, for example, um, risk of heart attack. These patients are more prone to clots, a risk of myocarditis, meaning inflammation of the heart muscle, or risk of arrhythmias, meaning that uh, they can have uh, irregular rhythms. So it's very much, um, the cardiovascular system is very much part of the COVID pandemic, especially in the, um, the, the ill and critically ill patients. And I know you're very much part of that team um, that takes care of these patients in the Baptist Health System. Um, so again, thank you for that. Um, so we've touched on, you know, an explanation of what heart failure is, which is, um, as I said, very prevalent, and that might help both listeners and, and something the listeners can bring to family members. We've talked about, you know, what are some of the causes, and of course, staying healthy, preventing the general underlying cardiac conditions, um, and you get your biggest bang for your buck. Appreciate your explanation of advanced heart failure and the technology intravenous medications, devices we have to help make people maintain, um, to stay alive and to have some semblance of quality of life where appropriate. Um, and some of the COVID um, related effects. Um, we've covered a lot. Is there anything uh, you'd like to um, bring to our listeners' attention or reiterate um, prior to wrapping up? Yeah, I just want to emphasize that if you have a heart condition uh, during this pandemic, you have to be extra careful. So uh, keep that physical distancing uh, make sure that you have plenty of medicines at home. Uh, make sure you don't delay care. There's a lot of telemedicine available, so you don't have to go to do an invasive uh, consult. Uh, and if you are really having symptoms, and you should always uh, go to the hospital. Um, we have units and triage protocols where patients who do have COVID will go to the specific units so you don't get exposed if you don't have it. And if you do have it, we have a team of experts, a multidisciplinary team, where we can offer you all the ranges of technology to make sure that you get better. Thank you for those points. Just before doing the podcast, I was out in my front yard bringing my garbage pails in and I was speaking to my next door neighbor, an elderly couple, and her husband had a significant medical condition, which he was afraid to go to the emergency room. And of course, it escalated and progressed and became much worse. Please, folks, ERs, you're not going to get COVID. Things are separated and it's not very prevalent. Our offices are clean and, and, and not transmissible. And we do have the capacity for um, televisits, you know, audiovisual visits, where you're being seen and taken care of from home. So use those resources where appropriate. Thank you, um, um, Sandra. This was, this was wonderful and helpful. Um, appreciate everything you've brought to um, a Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Baptist Health South Florida, um, both in terms of developing our heart failure program, supporting and reaching out to the community, driving research, which we're involved with. Um, and to our listeners, um, stay safe. Um, as always, um, if you have any comments or thoughts or requests for future topics, feel free to email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk, one word, at baptisthealth.net. Thanks, everyone. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.